what is up ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the thrive university podcast i am your host and chief energy officer jeremy abramson and if this is your first time here welcome i'm so grateful for your support i'm so grateful for your presence and in case you weren't aware thrive is an acronym that stands for thoughts habits relationships intention vitality and embodiment and this is an acronym that i created to really create a framework to teach you the things that we never learned in school and my intention with this podcast is to bring on world-renowned guests to break down their success, their breakthroughs, their obstacles that they've overcome to create massive amounts of success, health, and wealth in their life. So I'm so grateful that you're here. And now let's get to today's episode. But before we start with today's episode, I wanted to make an announcement that I'm so excited about. I just launched my Magic of Microdosing free course. This free course has over 10 videos where I really break down the neuroscience of microdosing and talk about how this medicine can potentially lead to massive transformation and healing in your life. So if you've been curious about implementing this medicine, this is a great resource for you to tap into. And again, it's 100% free. So make sure to visit the website magicofmicrodosing.com or just hit the link in the show notes below. Much love, y'all. Today's guest on the podcast is my brother, Paul Austin. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. Paul is one of the true pioneers in the psychedelic space and the microdosing space. He's the founder of Third Wave, which is an absolutely incredible company that is doing so much great work in the psychedelic space. And Paul is an entrepreneur, author, and coach who sees psychedelic use as a skill cultivated through clear intention, supportive mentorship, and courageous exploration. And Paul believes that making this skill is crucial in the story of humanity's present future evolution. And Paul is one of the people that I have really gained inspiration from in my journey, starting the microdosing mastermind and really diving fully into this work. So I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation with Paul Austin. Now keep in mind, this is part one of our conversation. There's going to be a part two that's released in a few days, make sure to listen to that because this conversation was honestly one of the most mind expanding heart opening conversations I've ever had in my life. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one. Let's get it. We're good. We're we're out here rolling, bro. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. Good. What book, what book do you have in your hand? So, I just picked up this book and you know my my commitment in 2023 is to really just be not read more books, but just be more effective with the books I'm reading. Uh-huh. So like I'm being very selective with the books that I choose. Uh-huh. And right here, Mastering Microdosing. By the one and only Paul fucking Austin, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so the subheader here, how to use subperceptual psychedelics to heal trauma, improve performance, and transform your life. So I feel like a majority of the conversation when it comes to psychedelics has uh-huh. been about that first part. Healing trauma. Healing trauma. Yeah. And 
you mentioned improving performance and transforming your life. Talk a little bit more about that and how microdosing is such a powerful tool to tap into those. Yeah, so, you know, like clinical indications, depression, PTSD, addiction, these are fairly new concepts, right? In the last 40 or 50 years, the DSM has come out. And oftentimes, uh, we get very stuck in fixing, right? And what psychedelics, what we know about psychedelics is they really help to heal these challenges, these issues, more so than SSRIs or a lot of other modalities. But to view them as only for that is actually quite limiting for what, for what they can do. I mean, both you and I, we know that shadow work and going into things that we've repressed is important. And there's a greater, I think, um, perspective that needs to be brought to the table when it comes to psychedelics about performance, about leadership, about relationships, about nothing that is saying, hey, we gotta fix this thing inside of me, but instead that is saying, how can I amplify to become my greatest self? And so I know you talk a lot about this on the podcast, and this is your thing as well in terms of psychedelics and neuroplasticity. So we know, for example, that microdosing helps to increase something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is a precursor to neuroplasticity. And to me, that's like the central core reason why microdosing is such a useful tool because all of us who are interested in personal development, who are interested in growth, are always looking for ways to evolve, to adapt, to change, to transform. And when we find ourselves stuck in patterns or sort of the, the, the egoic personality, it can often feel um, constricting and limiting. And so what microdosing allows and certainly higher doses of psychedelics is they allow us to zoom out, to see things from a broader perspective, to recognize that who we are now is not who we will be tomorrow, and that we have autonomy, we have choice, we have the capacity to really transform ourselves from within. And that allows us to show up in a way that's more compassionate, it's more understanding, it's uh, more powerful, it's more potent with everything that we touch in the world around us. Wow. A lot, of, a lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack. A lot to unpack, yeah. You know, it's interesting because oftentimes in life, we know the things that we should be doing, right? But there's still these different emotional and energetic blockages that sometimes prevent us from taking those actions. Mm -hmm. And what I found in my experience and also working with many others is that this medicine through these different phenomenons that are happening happening in the brain, it actually allows you to rewire certain connections, which then allows you to kind of remove some of those stories mm -hmm. and narratives that have been holding you back for years or decades. And once you're able to kind of create those new connections and create new narratives and stories and habits in the process, that's when that transformation starts to evolve and take place. Um, you know, I know in our last podcast, we talked a lot about kind of your personal journey with psychedelics. Like, I believe you were 19 when you first experimented with LSD and psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. At pretty high doses. I mean, and it wasn't always, I've never really done it in a deep therapeutic way, right? Where I, I get a guide, you know, the guide comes over to my house. I put on an eye mask and a playlist and I go into that. I've done that maybe a handful of times, but what I found psychedelics to be way more impactful for is being in more naturalistic settings, right? Which is why I love microdosing because microdosing, you know, I mentioned subperceptual here. I had a conversation with Paul Stamets a couple months ago for, for the podcast that I host and the way that he framed it was sub intoxicating. Mm. And so there, there's a way in which when we do these very high doses of psychedelics, you know, we, 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 in a way, 
I don't want to say we disconnect, but we definitely need, you know, we're, 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 we're deeply in a medicine space. You know, you don't want to walk around a lot. You don't want to move a lot. And what I'm much more interested in is amplifying my everyday experience. Yeah. And so microdosing these low doses of psychedelics have been really key to not checking out, but instead really going in and going in deeper and then being honest Right. Because I think that's a huge part of personal development. It's like what I always talk about with clients and the coaches that we train. It's like the creative orientation, recognizing that we are beings that can we can create whatever it is that we want. All we need to do is get clear on what it is that we want to create and build and bring out. And then also just be honest about where we are now. And the more honest and objective we are about our current mm. reality, the easier it is to go, OK, here's where I am now. The good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is. Now, what needs to shift and change so I can create this project or this way of being that I want to step into the world with? Yeah. And that's one of the things that initially really resonated with me about you is like, I think it was 2015, you were in Budapest and you were doing an LSD trip, right? And mm -hmm. that's where you kind of had the creative idea of third wave. Exactly. Right? From what I remember. And I think a lot of people's old perception of psychedelics was just, you know, Woodstock, San Francisco, Hayden Ashbury, Grateful Dead. And like seeing someone like you, seeing someone like myself, who are using these as a tool with intention to fuel our creativity. And I think that's why a lot of like executives and C-suite type people are now resonating with this medicine. Mm -hmm because that creativity, man, is so, like that, that is like our true essence. It's the essence of being human, yeah. That, and I was ex the exact same word that came to mind is we, in, in sort of the conditioning that we've been brought up in, we forget that we are incredible and powerful creators. And what psychedelics allow for is a remembrance of that. And so when you're working with ayahuasca or you're working with LSD or psilocybin, there's like a remembrance, there's a recognition, and all of a sudden that empowerment goes, oh, I have, full responsibility for everything that's happening in my life. And that's where true power comes from because there's no projection of blame, right? There's no, there's no external circumstance where you can say, oh, the reason I can't do X is because of this thing outside of me. What psychedelics teach us is everything is internal. All of life is an internal game, right? And if we can shift our internal landscape to be an empowered being, then that's everything. One more point on that is the polarity that I've been really like, rooting in lately has been this this sort of polarity between victimhood and godhood mm. are we choosing to be victims of the reality that we've been born into or are we choosing to basically take ownership of our divinity take ownership of our godhood because when we when we accept that then we recognize that everything we do every thought we have every relationship that we cultivate is an opportunity to experience life in a way that's beautiful, in a way that's meaningful, in a way that's profound. Wow. A couple things that you just touched on that are really dope that I had never actually thought about in terms of the connection between psychedelics, microdosing, is you mentioned accountability, right? Like really owning your life and your your story and and not being a victim and also realizing that power within and if we could all just step into a little bit more accountability less blaming external forces and really stepping into that like knowing like yo 
I have so much fucking power and potential inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I think when the way that you just explained that is a beautiful reframe that I haven't really heard in terms of like benefits of microdosing, right? And it's really powerful, like, like you mentioned, in terms of that victimhood to godhood. For you personally, like, is there something that resonates? I know, I know in your upbringing, like middle school, high school, you were kind of like the odd kid out. You were a little weird, a little awkward. I mean, you, you still are a little bit, <laughs> but in a good way, in the best way possible. But I'm curious to know, like, in recent memory, is there an experience where you kind of remember making that transformation from victim to godhood? I mean, it, it, and it's it's like a, it's a continuum, right? And so I, when I find myself falling into patterns of blame, when I find myself giving my power away to other people by saying, oh, like the reason this didn't happen is because of this person or the reason that, like even right now, current, presently, I'm going through a breakup right now, right? And so it's it's really easy to go, oh, the person who I've been dating, it's they just don't get it or they don't, we don't see eye to eye. But instead, the opportunity there is to really sit with it and go, how could I have shown up in a way that was more understanding, in a way that was more caring, in a way that was more loving, right? And what I've noticed just in being in relationship is love is an incredibly potent psychedelic in itself, right? And so that, that capacity to commit um, has then brought up all this other stuff of, okay, if I'm sitting here and I've had this beautiful relationship that just didn't work out, well, I'm not going to blame the woman that I was with. Instead, I'm just going to sit with it and go, how, how do I shift and change my own way of being so that way I'm, I'm, I'm more in my center of power? Because one of the core things was we were just, both of us were off center. Uh, there were some dynamics. There were some codependencies. And so this opportunity, and psychedelics have, you know, they, they create awareness. But honestly, over the last couple of years, I've probably done way fewer psychedelics than most people would imagine. Yeah, uh, I've done microdosing here and there. I've done a high dose of psilocybin here and there, but there's an element of with the psychedelic work, like you know, once you sort of get the insight and get the message, a lot of it is how you show up in everyday life. Yeah, uh, the a body worker that I've worked with always talks about the sort of now what? Okay, you've had this uh, aha moment, or you've had this breakthrough all right, well, now what do you want to do with it? And that's where structure and accountability comes in. It's also where coaching comes in, yeah. right? We don't often think about, when we hear about psychedelics, again, back to the medical stuff, we talk a lot about the therapeutic process, right? But where psychedelics' real potential lies within coaching. Because coaching, we are holding you know, the clients that we're working with to a, to a level that they, they themselves don't realize that they can mm -hmm. reach. And then psychedelics as that sort of um, teacher, open up an awareness of, oh, I have that capacity to be able to do what I need to do. So it, it, is, it is that continuum. If I'm find, finding myself falling back more into victimhood, then I know that, okay, I got to stop. I got I to gotta reassess. Uh, maybe I work with you know, a medicine again to, to sort of remember that I am the creator of my own reality at all times. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because like you mentioned, I, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar space where, you know, I microdose pretty consistently. I have my regimen in regards to that, but I'm not like searching or chasing for like a bigger experience. And I'm sure you've come across the people that they have that, whether it's ayahuasca, mushrooms, whatever it may be. And now it's almost like they're addicted to that 
breakthrough, that experience. And it's like every month they're sitting with the medicine and it kind of loses some of that reverence, right? Yeah, people get lost in the sauce, right? They, they start to attribute uh, all of their growth to something outside of themselves. Yeah. Right? And so one of the key things and one of the core learnings that I've had over the last couple of years is remembering that psychedelics are like the, the metaphor that I often talk about is like Dumbo's feather, right? Dumbo had this feather, you know, he thought he needed the feather to be able to fly. And then, you know, mm. the feather was taken away and he realized, oh no, that capacity was always inside of him. Mm. And so psychedelics sometimes can be that feather and we become too attached to them thinking, oh, my power is in this substance. So the only way I'm going to feel good, the only way I can really be myself is if I keep taking this medicine. Whereas it's totally opposite. It's like recognizing that the awareness or the insight that comes from the high dose is, has always been there. And what psychedelics are doing is they're just clearing the way so you can actually remember that God or that divinity, that, that capacity. Yeah. And when it comes to coaching, whether it's bigger doses, microdosing, we always come back to integration, uh, right? That word always comes up. And for anyone who maybe is just getting started exploring psychedelics or hasn't yet, or whatever step you are in that process, it's always so valuable to really make sure that you're actually integrating these divine downloads mm -hmm. into your day-to-day -day life before you're jumping into any other experience and really making sure that you're staying grounded in that. Like you're having breakthroughs, amazing. Like really, really focus on, on taking that step-by-step -step action with you, whether it's like removing weed from your life, mm -hmm. right? Which I know is like a journey that you, that's very fresh for you. You know, these things come up and again, sometimes that high goes away and we resort back to those old patterns and ways of being. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in regards to like the importance of coaching, something that came up yesterday with one of my students and I hopped on a call with him, he was like, bro, the, the medicine makes me feel so good during the day. Like I feel energized, I feel in flow, I feel focused. And he's like, in the evening times though, I feel like, you know, lots of sadness and anger and resentment coming up. Mm. And I was like, dude, this is beautiful. Like, this is absolutely incredible. It's literally like holding a magnifying glass up to what you need to address, right? And I was like, I was talking to him like, so have you been suppressing those emotions, you know, during your childhood, during your upbringing? He's like, it's like, yeah, like, absolutely. I was like, beautiful, bro. Now, now it's just about finding healthy outlets Right, for those emotions. Right, and, and fully allow, that's something I've been sitting with is like really allowing myself to sit with the sadness. Right. To sit with the anger or frustration rather than trying to just quickly change my state because we have the tools to do that. We can do breath work. We can hop in a cold plunge. Yeah, we can do that. And I'm also learning the value of allowing myself to sit with it mm -hmm. and diving deeper, finding the root cause of where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something else that's very valuable. And oftentimes people refer to similar type situations as a bad trip right. or something didn't go well, but it's all so valuable. They're all teachers, you know? There's this book, Letting Go. Have you heard about this book? Yes. David Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a lot of what he, so David Hawkins, he was this MD, PhD. He wrote maybe 12 or 13 books. And 
One that he wrote in particular was called Letting Go. And what he talks about in Letting Go is the capacity to sort of up-level our consciousness. He talks about how sort of the baseline of, let's say, positive consciousness is 200. And anything above 200 is uplifting. Anything below 200 is like shame, guilt, fear, right. uh, anger, desire even. And the core of what he talks about is the only way to move through those negative emotions is to allow for them. Mm. Right. And this is where and why psychedelics are such efficacious medicines, you know, unlike SSRIs, which often blunt uh, our response, right? They just sort of numb us out so we don't have to face the, the underlying things that may be challenging or difficult. Psychedelics allow for a catharsis, mm. right? And so they allow us to go, oh, this fear, this anger, this sadness, it's just been repressed or suppressed. And the only way to actually transform it is to surrender to it, is to let go, and to go deep into the sadness, to go deep into the grief, to go deep into the anger. And then through that, it becomes transformed into something that's a much higher consciousness. Jung would all, you know, Carl Jung had a famous quote, which was, there's gold in the shadow. Mm. Right? And so when we utilize psychedelics to do shadow work, rather than simply bypassing all the time, right? Because that's kind of what you're speaking to when you're always going into another ayahuasca ceremony, you're always doing more mushrooms, right? There is a high that we're chasing. There's this peak experience that we're chasing. And what that can lead to is, is it can lead to grandiosity. It can lead to ego inflation. It can lead to, um, you know, not really coming to terms with our full humanness. Because the fact is we're not just light beings, right? There's elements of us that uh, there's emotions within us that have been tucked away. And part of the work, so to say, is to dig those up, to look at those, to confront those. And by confronting those, uh, we become a more integrated person. We become a person that has more potency, more power, more depth, more capacity for love, more capacity for compassion, all those sorts of things. Mm. Yeah. It, it also, it's like coming back to the antidepressants. You know, this just hits really close to home because my older brother, who I'm referencing a lot in this upcoming TED Talk, I mean, two plus decades, right, of these medications. Oh, wow. And, you know, my dad was a neurologist. Uh -huh. And my dad's an amazing doctor, brilliant guy. But my dad didn't know any better. He thought this was the way. And it's like, when you take a step back, when you really take a step back, because I did a lot of research for this and it's just something that's near and dear to my heart. It's like, okay, Prozac introduced late 1980s mm -hmm. under this chemical imbalance theory, mm -hmm. right? That a majority of cases of depression are because you lack serotonin in the brain, mm -hmm. right? It's a very reductionist sort of lens, right? Exactly. And then, and do you know how that came to be? They, they, what that was based on was penicillin. Mm, so yeah. penicillin in the 30s and 40s was okay we can take penicillin and we can target this virus in the stomach and we can eliminate it and so they assumed that the brain was the same way as sort of the, the the gut if you will and then if you just target certain neurotransmitters that the problem will go away but what they didn't realize is that the connection of the brain is intimately tied to the gut yeah. and then we aren't just this whole sort of reductionist perspective with Prozac assumes we're just you know these beings that operate from the neck up yeah. And it totally forgets all the importance of embodiment and somatics and all those sorts of things. Yeah. And just to piggyback off that, when it comes to gut health, right? Uh -huh. There's like a UCLA study from 2019, I think, and it shows how many of these antidepressants actually disrupt and disturb your gut microbiome. Exactly. Which is where we produce 90% of our serotonin. Exactly. So... 
Prozac does over $300 million of revenue in its first year. And then of course we see things like Lexapro and Zoloft because all these different companies want their piece of the pie. And it just becomes common nature, you know, to prescribe these things. And that is why I think it's so scary for people to actually feel these emotions because so many people have literally been trained and medicated to not feel shit. So now it's like these things are actually coming to the surface and it can be very overwhelming. It's like, oh my gosh, like how am I supposed to manage all of this? Well, especially for men. Yeah. Right. For men, we are trained and conditioned, even from a slightly, you know, biological perspective, but definitely from a cultural perspective to not show sadness, to not show grief, to not show a lot of the emotions. Mm. We, we're sort of trained to be robots in that way. And so what these sort of new elements of masculinity are teaching us is we don't need to be stuck in a puddle of sadness all the time. I think there's also uh, something to be said about you know, being too emotional and being too sensitive and being too soft, right? But it's finding that balance where we can be in touch with that sensitivity and that softness. We can integrate some of these sort of feminine elements. This is what psychedelics is so good at teaching. We can integrate them. Mm. So they're not, because when, 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 especially for men, when we push that away, then we, it has a relation, it has a direct impact on how we treat women and how we relate to women and all that. And that, and so there's a lot of then objectification and all this other shit. So I think these, these concepts, concepts of masculinity becoming more expansive, right? Getting in touch with that sort of wild primal side of who we are and knowing that, okay, if I'm angry to allow for that anger, to feel it, and then to actually leverage that anger for motivation, for creation, um, for sex, for the gym, you know, there's an incredible, there's incredible energy that can come from those emotions once they're opened up. And what's important is that they don't overtake us because when we allow them to overtake us, then we just become an angry asshole. Yeah. You know, angry sex is pretty fun. Sometimes angry sex is the best. <laughs> um, wow. So yeah, no, it's, it's in regards to that, like even just in Miami, man, it's funny to see kind of that walking of the fine line mm -hmm. with men mm -hmm. because like many things in society, people take them to an extreme. Totally. Right? Our society is very blue versus red uh -huh. and there's very little purple. Right. Which is where all the magic really happens, right? Because very rarely are things that concrete, zero to a hundred, and, you know, like I got invited, encouraged uh, to go to a men's circle here like a year ago or so. And how do you feel about men's circles? What's your, that could be an entire yeah. conversation in itself. Men's circles to me, I think can be very powerful. Uh -huh. And actually I think they are a container that can be used to leverage a lot of transformation, a lot of collaboration, a lot of co-creation, the type of men's circle that I want to facilitate or be involved in is like people like you and I, yeah. like people who are doing the work and we're mission driven, right? We are on that journey of just constantly tapping into more self-love, more self-expression, more authenticity, more potential, right? And being grounded in that foundation where it is we're emotionally intelligent 
We're not afraid to have a challenging conversation. We are open to expressing in a healthy way and, and, and also holding space for those who need to express too. Because I think the most important part about being able to express yourself in a healthy way is now you're giving permission to others mm -hmm. to feel safe doing the same. Right. And oftentimes, I would argue like one of the biggest fears that people have is actually being fully seen because they're not used to it. Yeah, it's vulnerable, super vulnerable. So how is this person going to perceive me if they see this different part of me? And it's something that like, I feel like I'm doing a much better job of one of my biggest intentions for 2023 is to really step into the fullest authentic expression of me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, high energy, passion, also grounded, compassionate, kind, right? Like really walking that dance and understanding that like that range is healthy and it's natural, right? I think oftentimes as like leaders and entrepreneurs, we're like, like we're, we're programmed to maybe think we have to be a certain way, like serious, like just super fucking regimented with our calendar every day, right? You know, and, and sometimes like doing the complete opposite of that actually will yield us better results at times. Yeah, there's like a season for everything. And sometimes having that very focused approach, like even when I think of men's groups, you know, I think for the what can happen at times is there's just a uh, there's almost like an attachment just to getting stuck in the soup of emotion and just talking and talking and talking. And what I find to be useful is like, even what we were doing just before this, go to the sauna, go to the cold plunge, That's the type of get shit. in the yeah. gym, you know, and, and there's something active and there's something productive yeah. to it. Because I, I still believe that when we're talking about emotions, uh, when we're expressing these feelings, when we're becoming more vulnerable, there still needs to be a creative orientation, yeah. right? There still needs to be a, a okay, now what? perspective and and there can't just like I, I don't I don't think it's useful just to talk about emotions for the sake of talking about emotions mm. um, I think there should be sort of a lens that's brought to it where it's like why is this important to work through what is it blocking uh, what is it preventing um, in working through this, what new space is going to open up in your relationship and your business and things like this. I think it's, it's important to balance both of those, right? It's not just one or the other. It's not just, holy shit, I got to get there. And it's not just, I need to stay stuck in this sort of talking, talking, talking. There's a balance there and mm. there's seasons for each one as well. And, and, and sort of to get back to the point of psychedelics, what psychedelics help is they help with the more talking. Right? They help with the processing, they yeah. help with the emotion, the high doses. What microdosing is really good at, microdosing is really good at, good at okay, I have my North Star. Right? I've talked through this, I have, I have greater clarity. Now what do I do to actually go after that and create that and be motivated and be productive and be on it so that I can bring something beautiful out into the world. Oh my goodness, you made it until the end of this podcast and I'm so grateful for you just really committing to your health and to your transformation. So just take a moment to appreciate and acknowledge yourself for making it until the end. And I really hope that you take at least one thing that you heard today and implement it into your life because knowledge 
is not power. Knowledge is potential power. It requires you to take action and implement these different practices and principles into your life. And I'm here to support you every step of the way. So again, word of mouth is my oxygen. I don't do this for money. I just do it to cultivate community and help you enrich your life. So if you gain value from the show, share it with a friend, share it on your Instagram story, tag me at Coach Jeremy 305. And if you want to see the video version of this episode, go check out our YouTube channel. Because again, when you see things, sometimes it brings them to life and you can really see different parts of this conversation and the relationship dynamic with each guest. So again, fam, thank you. Thank you so much. You already know what time it is. It's time to take action on your dreams and thrive.